Comedy LOL Podcast Network. <clears throat> As per usual, on the terrible podcast, we have our sidekick kids, and we're ready for the quote. <laughs> the half-wise, recognizing the comparative unreality of the universe, imagine that they may defy its laws. Such are vain and presumptuous fools, and they are broken against the rocks and torn asunder by the elements by reason of their folly. The truly wise knowing the nature of the universe, use laws against laws, the higher against the lower. And by the art of alchemy, transmute that which is undesirable into that which is worthy, and thus triumph. Mastery consists not in abnormal dreams, visions, and fantastic imaginings or livings, but in using the higher forces against the lower, escaping the pains of lower planes by vibrating on the higher. Transmutation not presumptuous denial is the weapon of the master. And that's from the Kabayan, which is an ancient hermetic writing or a book. Um, I, I mean, obviously this is just like a little excerpt, one little quote, but I wish that there was a little bit more here um, about the idea of the higher against the lower. Like what are they defining as the higher? What is the lower? I, I have so many questions that I feel like are unanswered just looking at this. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up because I'm actually listening to the Kabbalion because I have it uh, the audio book of it, but it's like also a breakdown. So there's the guy explains what he's talking about, and they talk about this a little bit in um, in an area where they're talking about the pendulum shift, and they're talking about correspondence and how um, uh, how rhythm works. That's the word I was looking for, and how like if somebody feels really happy and excited. Then the next moment, not the next moment, but the next feeling is that they can go to the lower lows. They can get like really depressed also. And they were saying how people who don't feel as happy can also not feel as sad. But that's not the answer. The real answer is that you want to work with the bad stuff. So when the bad stuff happens, you could get in the right place and center yourself. So it's still going to happen, but you could be that strong pillar that you need to be and then when it swings into the up times uh the good times you can enjoy it it's really interesting i mean obviously i can't really break it down here because this is a podcast about the tarot but that's the essence of what they're talking about and that's what they mean about the higher against the lower like as as above so below but literally as you're just saying that and you're like <clears throat> sorry when you're like <laughs> if you're not as happy you can't be as sad and i'm like hmm that makes sense. I feel like I should do that. And then you're like, but that's not the right way. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it's so, well, that sort of is the answer. What it really is, it's just not getting attached to it, right? So if the happiness comes, you feel it and it's good. But then if the sadness comes, you don't try to reject it and you don't try to say, oh, man, now I'm sad. I should be happy. You say, okay, hello, sadness, my old friend. What's going on here? And then you say, why am I sad? And you kind of just work through it and you feel through it as opposed to, and exactly, they say in this quote, too, they say presumptuous denial at the end. You know, he said transmutation, not presumptuous denial. So they're saying, don't deny it, transmute it, let it go through you. And then that's the weapon of the master. But how do you get to that point? How do you I mean, everyone was like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to be the master. Right. I want to take my sad feelings and be like, I acknowledge you. But now I'm moving past you. Well, that's what that's part of, um, I think. That's part of everybody's individual journey to figure that out. And that's part of self-knowledge. And for me, I started doing that by meditating. And that's also the same prescription that 
Krishna gives Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita. So I, I feel like meditation is a really important tool because you can you start to quiet down and you start to see your own path and you start to see the way you, you could start to hear your intuition, I should say. And then you could follow your path based on that. You start to feel your inner self, because I feel what happens is if you don't listen to your inner self, that that's what that's the cause of a lot of anxiety. That's when the anxiety comes in, because your inner self is kind of like screaming to you. You know, this isn't what you should be doing. You know, money is really worthless. You know, like you really need to be like helping other people, whatever it is, your path that you whatever you think you should be that you're put here to do to make the world a better place. And that, like I said, coming back to meditation, when you meditate, you start to hear that intuition. And it, it turns you back uh, or it, it um it sets you on the path. So I think that's really one of the, the really I, that's I would say that's what I would suggest as a first step. But there's many ways. I mean, you know, reading can do it. There's certain things you can read. You just have to get to know yourself and just I don't I don't know. It's hard. It's because I'm on the other side of this. It's just like the Matrix. Like I can't explain what it is, but I'm, I'm trying to do that. So actually, if you're interested in this, check out my blog at morelawsmoreproblems.com because I'm writing about this very subject right now, actually. And But you know what? And I feel like you're like, this is part of everyone's journey. Um. But looking at this, I appreciate that they don't call the people at the beginning, like, foolish. They just say the half-wise, which I'm like, hey, there's nothing wrong with being half-wise, right? Glass <laughs> half-full type of situation, maybe. Right. <laughs> well, also, it's kind of like a warning that if you get some knowledge, you have to go all the way. Like, a little bit of knowledge is dangerous. That's kind of what it means. It means, like, the half-wise. So the people that already halfway went there... They recognize that there's this comparative unreality to the universe. So they're like, oh, we could just defy its laws. But then they're like, no, mm -mm, you can't. You're going to get crushed against the rocks and torn asunder. I feel like a preacher. <laughs> torn uh, asunder. And I, I don't think that's a necessarily a negative thing because I would be like, oh, yeah, that I'm not. Cause I think someone when they say that they're being preachy comes off as negative. But I think it's enlightening and informative. And I didn't know any of those things. Right. I'm literally that person that's like. And it can't be that if I'm going to be able to be less sad by being a little bit less happy, I choose that option, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I see. What, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I think this is more, though, they're talking about people who are trying to uh, break natural law and they're trying to, like, go against and they're trying to get over on their fellow human, you know, and, and to have a better life when they think they can break these laws. And when it's, sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. Mm hmm. And right now, I feel it's manifesting outwardly in the way our society is. You know, I don't I don't think this is the way humans are supposed to exist in the world. And I don't mean like with technology. I just mean the way we treat each other. As in like it's a negative way? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew you were going to say that, but I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, yeah. For sure. Everyone who's listening, it's pretty terrible. I mean, right. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. I'm, I don't want to be one of these like people who thinks like, oh, this is the worst times ever and all this stuff. I just think that we can live better. That's all. And I think that's part of maybe everyone's individual journey. You should always be like trying to achieve something better. Yeah, for sure. And not doing it at the expense of others. Um, all right. Let's move into what we're doing today. Today, we're looking at the six of pentacles and the six of discs. And then we're going to get a little bit into um, some of our court cards. So we've already done our number series one through 10 and looking at the 
four representations of those numbers in the minor arcana suits. So we'll get into that a little bit. But let's look at the six of pentacles first. Just like I normally do, I give a description of the card. And then we kind of give our initial thoughts um, and then talk about the different aspects of the card before we get into how that applies to various types of readings. Okay, so the six of pentacles. I've got this uh, light bluish background and I have the six pentacles kind of a range in what to me looks like a backward seven. I've got three on the top left hand side of the card going up the left side and then there's the three across the top and then there's two coming down on the right hand side. So I know that seems like I just added up way too many but it goes up three, across two, down one, and there's your six. I've got the central figure here in the card. He's standing and they're wearing like this red cloak um, or cape. They've got this striped tunic on, this red hat. They've got green boots. In their left hand, they're holding scales. And in their right hand, it looks like they're tossing something to one of the two figures that are at the bottom part of the card. On the bottom left-hand side, you see one figure wearing like a brownish cloak with a hat and his arms are kind of opened or his hands are opened up to receive whatever that figure is that standing is dropping. And then I got a figure on the right bottom side of the card and they're wearing like a blue cape and they are not wearing a hat. They've got like this blondish hair and one of their arms we see is kind of outstretched but not getting anything. All right. Initial thoughts here. What did you think? Uh, <clears throat> I think when I first looked at this card, to me, it seemed like charity, charitable. Okay. This guy's trying to help people out that are less fortunate, and he's trying to do it equally. I think that's kind of like, what, to me, that's what it seemed with the scales in his hand at first. This uh, card reminded me of the Bible story, The Prodigal Son, of how the land and everything was divided up amongst the two sons. And one of the sons like, I want my stuff now. Like I want my money and I want like my riches and all that. Like I want my, my inheritance now. And he takes it and squanders it. And then he comes back and the dad is so happy to see him and like throws a party. And the son who didn't take his inheritance and stayed and worked is like, wait, what the hell? Like, why am I not getting this? And it, it reminds me of this because you see both figures with their arms out and um, he's only giving something to one of them, but the scales are balanced and it's kind of like reminding me of like, well, what's fair is fair kind of thing, which yeah. many people dispute as the message of the prodigal son. Oh yeah. What do you, so you think that's the message? Like what's fair is fair. Oh no, I don't think that's the message. Oh. I think that and the message of the prodigal son is, um, well, for me, the main message is like, you're not owed anything. You know, so why should you care if like, I mean, that's obviously getting to my own personal thoughts on like inheritance and things being left to people. But it's like if your dad wants to do something with his money, he should be able to do whatever he wants and it shouldn't be impacting you. You don't deserve anything from yeah. him. Also, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I like that. And I think, well, the great thing about parables is there's so many takeaways. And I think I take away from that story also the fact that this person was unhappy so they went out and they were brave enough to go out and try it on their own and they failed and but they weren't too proud to come back and say, you know, hey, I, I failed and I need help now. Right. And there's like a bravery even in that to say, like, I did fail to come back and say, you know, I often think about when I moved out to California, I when people are like, why did you move? And I was like, I had no obligations in Connecticut. And I said, if I fail, I can always come home. 
you know, and there's a support there and there's a there's a comfort there to be able to go and explore several different options um, to be brave enough to do that because you know that you have that safety net. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so those are initial thoughts. Let's get into the different parts of this card here. Let's look first at the pentacles and the way that they are arranged. Did you have any thoughts there? It almost kind of reminds me of the tree of life, the Kabbalah tree of life. If you also look look at the heads of where these people are, and, and then also, but I think the first thing I noticed or I or it thought of was like Hangman when I first looked mm-hmm. at this, just because of the way it's shaped. I don't know. What about you? What'd you think? So um, I was going off of my thoughts again about like tying it into the prodigal son. And sorry for that. My dog's playing with a toy. Um, so if you see, like, I see that the figure in the center is has one of let's call it the coins the pentacles above their head and then i'm looking on the left hand side and i see three and on the right hand side i see two and just going based off of what i was just saying before it's like sometimes things appear to be unequal and it appears to be unfair but the reality is sometimes there is a quality in that inequality and again it's you don't know what the situation is sometimes somebody needs a little bit more assistance and that's why they get a little bit more well said. All right. Now let's look at the figure that's standing there with the scales and who's putting out whatever it is, bird seed or additional alms. I don't know. What did you think of, of them? Well, when I when I look at them specifically, it kind of reminds me of like the Roman tax collector for some mm-hmm. reason, like you think of in the Bible. But overall, though, when I'm looking at this card, I think that maybe he he could represent somebody who was maybe down on his luck before and somebody helped him out. So now he's kind of like perpetuating it and he's, he's uh, paying it forward and that's what's fair, you know? So that's kind of why he's holding the scales because he's like, I'm doing what's fair. Cause you can also look at it like he's feeding everybody. It's just right now he's giving them to that guy and then he's going to like feed the other guy next. Right. I love what you said um, about the kind of being able to give back. I agree. Um, it definitely looks as though this person isn't taking their position in life lightly in terms of being like, all this is for me um, and saying, like, I do need to give back. I should be taking care of those that can't necessarily take care of themselves right now. And there's maybe then there's um he's trying to have that equality with these figures. And so maybe that's what those scales represent. You know, put them all on equal footing. Yep, for sure. All right, let's look at um, the the outfit that, that person is wearing, the center figure. What do you think? <clears throat> I think it's just letting us know that he is somebody of importance. He's wearing a red, like, overall, wherever that is. And that's really, like, kind of, kind of reminds you, like, royalty. Think of mm-hmm. all, like, even the playing cards and stuff with the red. Um, and then he has the hat on. Which is very, it's just like very fancy, very stylish, it looks like. So I think they're making him out to be like, maybe not a, a royalty figure per se, because he's not like wearing purple or whatever, but just a, like a rich merchant or somebody mm-hmm. that's important in the area. Somebody definitely has some status. 
And I'm just going to go off of like my own knowledge of like kind of the history of fabrics. Um, You see like multiple colors here. And obviously like it kind of looks like especially there's this um, fur around the collar and around the arms of the tunic or around the of the cape. And the hat has like all these different textures in it. And normally when people would be buying fabric, if they weren't weaving it themselves and they'd buy fabric, you know, it would be like everything was made out of this one fabric. Right. Because that's all they could afford. And you're obviously seeing that this person is well off in life because they have all of these different colors of fabrics, all of these different types of fabrics, all covering them. And it's not like they just have to choose one. They have all of them to wear. Well, I like that interpretation because the other two people just have like one solid color rag each. And the other guy, like he has patches on his. So it's not even ornate or nice or, you know, it's pretty beat up and they're dirty. And I love that the there's green boots in the center figure because it just gives me that like earthly connection of maybe he's really well off in earth, but he's trying to like, you know, be increased like where he will stand spiritually in the next life by trying to, you know, uh, give to those less fortunate. Yeah. Or even creating a balance in this life. But he has that solid earthly foundation and then he's uh, reaching up toward the heavens, toward the spiritual. And maybe that's like he's giving earthly things to these people to help give them or continue their life. Yeah, because it looks like he's giving them food, basically. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe coins. Okay, so the figure on the left, um, what did you think of them? The one with the two hands that we see that's receiving whatever the figure is giving. He just looks like somebody who's... um, Obviously in desperate need because like we said, he's got the one rag and he's hiding in there, but he's also looking right up at the guy. So it's kind of like he's showing an appreciation. And you also got to think about how sometimes it's hard to accept help. So, you know, he's humbly accepting this. He's on his knees and he's thanking him. And he's very thankful for it. So it's not like he's um, unappreciative of the thanks or I'm sorry of the charity. Sometimes that happens. I see this and the color seems so void of anything. You know, when someone's saying that somebody kind of lacks a personality saying they're like beige and it kind of reminds me of that. Like there's obviously like an earthly component to the color, but it also makes me feel like they've totally given up. There's, there's a total lack of color there. There's a total lack of any kind of emotion or desire. It's like, they feel like they're at the end of the line here and, and, and there's no hope. So maybe that's why this figure is giving these crumbs or coins or whatever to this one person, because they like, I know this person needs it because they're just devoid of anything at this point. Yeah. All right, so now let's let's say look at the figure on the right, which is the figure wearing the blue uh, cape. What were your thoughts there? He looks like a seagull, like waiting for a French fry. <laughs> just give me some of that food. Um, I could just say he just kind of looks like a, a beggar, something you would something you think right of. I can't mm-hmm. even talk right now. Something you think of right out of the Bible. One of these, maybe like a leper or somebody who's just uh, poor or lame. He needs to be helped. So, And he also looks, though, like he's patiently waiting his turn, which is nice. And then I love how they put the two little patches, like I was saying, on his cloak. So it kind of that to me, you can think of that as at least it's not like a holy cloak. So he only has his cloak, but at least he's taking care of it. You know, I mean, it's like a blanket or whatever, but at least he's like there's maintenance. You know, it's not like all filled with moth holes and 
in like rat turds. I I look at this and it reminds me so much of the figures that um we talked about frequently when we talked about the suit of cups. Um and so when we're talking about cups, I think of the color blue and for me that relates to the emotionality of those people. Um and so and this figure has blonde hair which uh like physically is a descriptor of, of somebody in the suit of cups. We talked about that earlier in an earlier podcast. And so I'm looking at this person and they do have this little patch. So maybe they're like beginning to lose hope or beginning to kind of give up and kind of feel like there's nowhere left to turn that type of, uh, situation but I feel like because you only see one hand and you don't see both they're not at that point yet where they're like putting both hands out begging for help yeah I see what you're saying and maybe like a little bit more pride there um and maybe a little bit uh, and like you said it takes a it takes a very strong person to ask for help and not like they're not asking but they've just got this one hand and it's just kind of they don't they don't necessarily look as um as in uh, as dire of a situation as the figure on the left. Yeah. The guy on the left, he looks like he has like maybe a bandage or something on his head. I mean, it could even be a hat, but you're right. He's like sticking both his hands out and he's not worried about the, the cloak falling. Whereas the other guy must be holding at least the cloak one hand. So that could represent still holding on a little bit to materialism or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So um, I didn't really talk about it in the description of the card, but in the background we see like these trees and this castle. Did you have any thoughts there? What did you think? Um, because the castle is like so far away, I feel like the trees give an illusion of being closer. Um, both of them feel very like obviously like earthly and kind of that like financial success or the possibility of of success. Um, when I see a tree, it's like that tree has been given an opportunity to grow from a seed. And so kind of like, you know. Uh, uh, like a mighty oak can grow from a small acorn. So maybe the hope here is that by giving to this person, there's a chance that this person could turn their life around and grow then into this mighty oak and achieve kind of their own financial success and like a pay it forward situation. Mm, yeah. That's what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking that with the forest, this could represent the, like the earthly or natural, kind of like the natural law. So it's the right thing to do. Because it goes with the the boots. It's not the same exact color green, but it's right there with the earth that he's standing on. So they're mm-hmm. like, they put that boot right in the middle. And it's funny, I didn't notice really, I noticed it was green, but I didn't notice the connection until you said that. And now it's like standing out to me because it's right in the center. <clears throat> so that's part of it. And then being outside the castle, I think for me that represents, it's funny, it's like a story I heard when I was, because I used to go to like born again, um, Christian church or whatever where they like speak in tongues and go crazy and one of the stories that i heard no offense if you're a born again christian anyone uh <laughs> but i remember they, they told they would tell different stories and one of them was um there was this guy who gave to the church and he was really rich and he used to give and he was like really flashy about it but then there was this other person who used to give a lot of money and just do it in a sealed envelope and wouldn't tell anybody wouldn't put his name on it because he didn't want the recognition he was just giving he didn't he wasn't giving for the recognition of giving you know like that's right. not what his motivation was so i think maybe that's what that could be this guy's out away from everyone else um with his side chick uh you know poor people feeding him so he doesn't have to <laughs> feed the main people in the city all right so let's go do you have anything final that you want to say about the the card and the pieces in the card 
No, I think we're good right now. Okay, cool. So let's talk oh, about... Know, what about the scales? What do you think about that? I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but specifically, did you have any other thoughts on... Um, You know, you look initially at them, and they do look level. But then if you look a little bit closer, there is a slight imbalance there where the uh, left-hand um kind of, like, part of the scale, left-hand cup or whatever, is just slightly lower than the right. And I, I said that could be two things. Um, number one, it could be that the figure on the bottom left-hand side, that figure in the brown, is receiving more um, than the figure on the bottom on the right in the blue cape, which we can see in the picture. Or it can be kind of like the the middle figure is trying to tip the scales in terms of, like I said, helping this person achieve a little bit more success and getting them back on their feet. And so they have to give a little bit more than maybe they wanted to or of themselves in order to get them to, um, sorry, uh, in order to get them to a place where uh, they can be successful. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It makes sense because you could look at it. Also, the left-hand cup of the scale is a little lower. Maybe that can mean that the guy on the left is just going through harder times, like you said earlier. It's just another mm-hmm. thing pointing to that. So, all right, great, awesome. All right, um, all let's right. move on to if this card came up in a general reading, what would you say? If this card came up in a general reading, I would tell the person that this looks like maybe there's some kind of imbalance going on in mm-hmm. your life and you have to correct it because you can look at these as two different forces but also it could mean that you know it could be a signal that you're on the right path and that's what you're doing because you realize the person on the left is in a little bit more harder has a little bit more harder times going on so this person is very very aware of that they have the scales and they're they're right in their left hand so it's like they're ever vigilant of this and then they're doling out with their right hand either food or alms or whatever money and coins to make it equal mm-hmm. in their life. So I, w- I would point to that, the equality in the um, balance. So um, I totally agree with you. Um, it was hard for me though. in, in when saying when this came up in a general reading, because I think that sometimes there's more to give than just like financial assistance. Right. Um, but when we're talking about pentacles, that is more like earthly type of things. But I said, you know what? Screw it, because I that's not what I think. I think that this could be if this came up in a general reading, I would say that it's giving to people um, like who are not as well off as you. And that could be either financial assistance or it could be something a little bit different. It could be like being their mentor and helping them in a way that gives them advice to help them succeed. Sometimes it's like you know, being a parent, right? Giving them the tools to be able to succeed outside of just constantly doling out money. Yeah, that's very important. <laughs> Teach a man, or what does it say? Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish. He will murder creatures the rest of his life. I'm sorry, I mean, he'll be able to... <laughs> <laughs> just uh, can I just tell you, I've said that quote books. probably more times in the past week than I have in my entire life, and I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even people. eat fish. Or like <laughs> I, I really Jesus. don't. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So let's say this card comes up in a relationship or a romantic reading. What would you say? I think if this came up in a relationship, this can mean a bunch of different things. I mean, this could 
signal that maybe there's a partner that's cheating because you have like, you know, three different figures in here. So that could represent that. And maybe um, you have that kind of situation going on. But this also could represent that maybe the person isn't paying enough attention to what's important in the relationship. You know, you have to be ever vigilant of what's going on because they're they're only paying attention to one person. They're not looking to the other side right now. Mm -hmm. So that could it doesn't have to represent people. It could just represent roles in a relationship or duties or anything like that. What about you? What you okay. Oh, so, um, I said that, um, if this person is single, this is going to be finding a relationship where they can kind of be that caregiver or that helper. Um, doesn't mean necessarily like a sugar daddy type of situation where they're like paying for this person to live, but they're like very nurturing and want to take care of this person that they're with. I think maybe that's, I mean, it was really easy for me to come up with what this one was for being in a relationship because that's very much something I identify with. I really enjoy like taking care of people and I want to do things for them. It makes me feel purposeful um, and uh fulfilled. I said that if this person is in a relationship, it would be like, maybe it's time to evaluate the kind of balance in that relationship. Is one person kind of carrying the load more than the other in terms of some aspects of it? And I don't believe that relationships will always be 50-50 because I don't think that's realistic. People go through various trials and tribulations in their life. And if they're in a relationship, Sometimes one person, you know, bears the burden and the and then, you know, later on the other one will. It will never just always be equal, but that's part of being in a partnership or being in a relationship. So I'd say like if they're in a relationship looking at that situation saying, where do you feel like you are now? If you feel like you're the one that's doing, you know, carrying a majority of the weight in this relationship, is there a way to have a conversation of like, this is not what I want forever? Um, or, you know, is that something that you're like, I feel like this is going to be my life and I'm not okay with that. And so kind of reevaluating where they stand in their relationship. Wow. Way better than what I said. Oh my God. No, literally. I'm just like, I, um, <laughs> you know, I have a, I feel like a connection there with both of those. All right. So let's say this comes up in a work reading. What do you say? All right. Why don't you go first on this one? All right. Um, I said that this could, I mean, obviously you want to say like a lawyer, right? But I don't think a lawyer necessarily keeps these scales balanced. There's always yeah. an objective, right? So yeah. um, I would say Well that, said. <laughs> what do they call a million lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? A good start, eight. Hey, unless you listen to this podcast and we don't want you to. Just kidding, everybody. Old, old joke from like 1987. <laughs> So um, I said that if this was in a um, career reading, it would be potentially looking for financial assistance. Maybe you're looking to start your own business or something like that, and you need to have somebody kind of help you out. But I said it could also be, like I was talking about earlier, that mentoring situation. I'm at a position right now, and in no way, shape, or form am I insinuating that I feel old or anything like that, but... I feel like with my position right now, I can mentor those that I feel like were very similar in the positions that I was in, you know, years ago. And I look forward to doing that. And I want to help those people out because I feel like, you know, you get out, you get back what you put out. So if I'm trying to help those people, it's because I've been helped. I'm not easily intimidated by others or by the idea that they could be better than me because it's just going to elevate me as a person. Um, so I'd say like, you know, if you can't give financial assistance, you know, try and be that mentor 
Or on the flip side, if you're looking for that financial assistance, knowing that it could potentially be coming or that mentor that you're looking for could potentially be right around the corner. They could be that person that you just haven't acknowledged yet or wouldn't think of as a mentor that actually could offer you some solid advice. Okay, your thoughts. Well, I think I, there's not really much I can add after you put that so eloquently. But what I could say is that if this came <laughs> reversed, this could represent reversed or in a negative way, this could represent somebody. Remember I said he looks kind of like a tax collector. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, the tax collector was always the villain because what's he doing? I mean, who gives him the right to say what's fair and to take people's stuff and to redistribute it and to be the one, you know, so he's like away from the castle. He's away from like. Uh, what's right and what's natural. He's out there just doing this. So this could represent maybe somebody who has a job, not exactly like as a tax collector, but you know, maybe you need to evaluate what you're doing to put food on your table. Is it helping others or is it hurting others? That's fair. I feel so torn about jobs like that though, because it's like, you know, they're just kind of doing this, their job, what they're told, you know, Mm, yeah, you know, uh, there's this group of people back in the day that said that, too. You know, uh, the Nazis said that we're just doing our job. <laughs> oh, so that's wow. what I'm saying. Attacked, yeah, exactly. attacked. I'm so wow. attacked. Wow. We're just following <laughs> orders, you know. <laughs> Shots fired here on the terrible podcast. Yeah. everybody. <laughs> no, I'm like, um, I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just, it's kind of like how they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, same kind of thing. You might think you're helping people, but sometimes you have to analyze it. And I think it goes back to what I said in the beginning of the podcast. If you start to listen to your intuition, that your true, your true self will let you know. And, you know, I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to help yourself and you're trying to do that self-work, then I think you'd recognize that as you get there, so... You know, if you have that feeling, trust it, go with it. There's there's a reason why you're feeling it. All right. Any final thoughts here on the six of pentacles before we move on? Uh, I think we're good with this card. How about you? Good. I feel good. All right. So now for the next part of the podcast, we're going to look at the same card, but a different um, uh, interpretation. It's in a different deck. So Brandon gives the description here and then we kind of talk our initial thoughts. All right. So we're talking about, of course, as always, the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. And we are talking about the six of discs in this deck. And if you want to get this deck, you can go to our website, ComedyLOL.com. Click on the Amazon link that you see. And in fact, any shopping it will do, we will benefit a little bit. They give us a small percentage. But if you want one of these decks, you go there. And when you search on Amazon, you look for Alistair Crowley. Or you can just put in Thoth deck, T-H-O-T-H. And it'll come right up. So let's see here. Um, right in the center of this card, it looks like there is some type of maybe flower. And then on top of a, looks like a cross, I could see in the red cross. And then there's some other kind of cross in between that, like, like an X imposed upon that. And that's center of the card. And then moving out, there's different colors like circles or rings. And then you get to an outside part where there are six different discs and then those discs have circles around them. And then moving out forward, there's a six-pointed star. And then there are six other discs, it looks like, on top of it. There's two orange ones, one on the bottom, one on the top. And then the blue ones are kind of like all over each other. So there's just all kinds of sixes and discs. <laughs> sixes and discs everywhere. I can't even say it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so definitely check it out. You can check it out on our Instagram at terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L-2, and you can see it for yourself. What do you think about this card? It's really uh, – oh, I also forgot to mention there's different sign or different symbols in each of the disc discs. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So initially, what I thought when I looked at this was that the center flower reminded me of like a rose, um, with several different petals, and obviously, and the um X that you said behind it, it just looked at me like the leaves of it. It kind of reminded me of like the Tudor rose, um, because I'm like really into that. And with this cross there, it kind of gave me this. I mean, now tying it into that story of like having this like divine um, like inspiration to do certain things and you're being blessed to act the way that you are or, you know, um, it's some kind of uh, divine um, like command to do these different things, whether the way that you're acting and that could be good or bad. Um, and I'm looking at it and the location of the discs could easily be like a star of David. And um, I'm only drawing that because I see the way that they look. Um, and I could easily see the two different triangles there. I see the six pointed star in the background. It doesn't look at all like the star of David though. Um, I, I honestly don't know what I think. What were your thoughts here? I see what you're saying with the uh, six pointed star of David. And that is a symbol that's used by, you know, it's technically some people say it's older than the Jewish religion, I guess. They say it goes back, back, you know, to Egypt and ancient Egypt and all that stuff. But, you know, either way. But what it is is just a symbol of the um, the blade and the chalice, basically. So this, the two triangles that are like the symbols for male and female just mm-hmm. put on top of each other, working together harmoniously. So it represents a person using their uh, male and female inner parts of themselves together cohesively to create. And then also it could represent a society doing that or whatever you want, but that's what that symbol originally represents. And that's what I really love about this card because that's kind of what it says to me. There's so much balance in here, so much harmony. There's all different symbols, but there's no clashing going on. You know, sometimes in the other, a lot of times in these other cards, you see like this void or this craziness, there is a little bit of it on the edge, but it looks really like it, it doesn't look um, sinister or dark. This looks like very um, balanced in any way you look at it. You put it on its side, you put it upside down. It's basically giving you the same message. So for me, this is a very positive card. And then it says success at the bottom, which is even, you know, it goes right to it. So this is kind of like the fulfillment. Everything's coming to fruition. All the things you've been working at on. And if you think of the six of. Or, or the um, the lovers, which is the six in the major arcana, that's kind of what that represents too. It's that union of forces coming together, um, the masculine and the feminine energy coming together, working harmoniously to create in the world, like I talk about all the time. But see, so you say that, and I'm looking at the card, and I'm like, I guess I could see those things. I was just totally thrown, as per usual, by like the word at the bottom, success. I don't know if I look at this card and see success. What do you see, Ashley? <laughs> Honestly, maybe like balance. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, balance really is the key to success. And it's not like it could it could be worldly or earthly success, but it's just any kind of success. You always have to remember that balance. And if you take it back to the six of cards in the Rider Waite deck, 
six of cards, the six of <laughs> pentacles in the Rider Waite deck. Um, they're showing that balance quite eloquently. I mean, he's like, it's like he's giving the alms to the correct person. So it's kind of like that too. I see what you're saying though. It's not like outright success that we would think of maybe in this culture. Like, uh, it doesn't look like this thing got its own TV show or something, you know, it didn't just like sign a deal with Netflix. <laughs> but like even the color choice doesn't denote success to me. Yeah, it's more of like a harmony and balance. And I think I think maybe what they're saying is like you can achieve success through that harmony and balance. Because for me, it's like really, really pleasing to look at. You know, it's not like craziness. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, it's totally yeah. calming. But I, you know, I just feel like looking at it, I'm not like, um, yep, that would be the word I used for this. I don't know what word I would besides balance. Um, all right. Any final thoughts here on the six of disc before we move on? No, I think we're good. All right. So we have talked through the number cards, one through 10 in the minor arcana suits um, and talked about how numerology applies to them. So last week we talked about what cards we wanted to manifest for 2020. Today we're going to be focusing on a court card um so similar to a regular deck of playing cards there are court cards in the tarot decks but there instead of you know three there is four so we're going to start off today talking about the page cards um so you could think of that maybe like as your jack in a deck of playing cards um did you have any initial thoughts here on the the pages hang on one second i just gotta get my deck why don't you start with your initial thoughts and then I'll just piggyback off of that because you're so wonderful. <laughs> Aw. See, look at that. See how easy <laughs> It's true, though. It's true. It really is. So I'm looking at the, the four cards here and um, I'm thinking about historically what is a page. A page is somebody that obviously isn't going to be like a knight. They're kind of um, younger in their professional career. Um, so it's a young kind of energetic person that's starting off on this journey. And if these cards came up in a reading, often the, each suit has its own physical attributes that are associated with it. But if the page card came up, it would either be someone in the person's life who's young or very childlike and young of heart. Um, you know, and who acts kind of childish, that could definitely be me. So I could definitely be represented by a page in um, a reading. So it's like this person isn't a know-it-all. They're not like the master of any particular thing. They're looking to learn. They're looking to understand new things and and get new skills. Um, and they're um, it, it normally is the start of something new, right? So this person could be bringing you this new opportunity, um, it could be either like a new idea or feeling or job, um, but it, they're bringing something new into your life. That's something maybe you haven't experienced before. So that puts you then on this new journey, giving you the sense of being childlike. All right, now you go. Oh, I like that. That was great. Um, I like what you said in the beginning about what a page is because it, a page is somebody who it's like a squire. There's somebody who helps a, a mm -hmm. knight and it's somebody who could work to be a knight. And I think it's a great analogy because the society, you know, everybody like loves Game of Thrones and all that stuff. So they can easily relate to that. So but if you just use that in the sense of not just as a person, but um, as a beginning stage in a journey to get where you need to go, how do you start? You're the page. If you look at all these people, they're taking each of their. Each of the um, symbols, what is it called? 
uh, suits. Yeah. Each mm-hmm. of the symbols of their suits they're taking and they're kind of looking at it. It's like they're using it for the first time. They're inspecting it in each one. You know, the Page of Swords. This person looks like they're holding it up and they're kind of proud of it. But they're they're not like it's like they just got a new toy and they don't know what to do with it. But um, I love that because it, it really reminds you of the childlike curiosity that you need to approach things sometimes if you're going to do a new project or, or even a new relationship or a new job or whatever it is you have to use that imagination along with that as well and the you know that excitement and it, you kind of have to be like a kid again about it because that's really how you establish a great foundation and that's what the page is about especially in the court cards because it's the first one um, I also love how they're very androgynous and you're not really sure what's going on. So that's great, too, because, like we said, both energies are really important. So you can just take any aspect that you need to for what energy that you need to use it for and apply it that way. So, for example, if it's something that has to do with a relationship or love, you can look at the Page of Cups and you can kind of glean, you know, if it's something in the feminine area or masculine, whatever, whatever, um, I guess your your answer. I'm just babbling now, but anyway, you know. No, what I'm but talking you know about. what I love that you said is like <laughs> that. It looks like they're just starting out, and I think that a lot of times there is, especially as we get older, such a fear of doing something that's the unknown that we're not comfortable with or that we're not good at. Um, I can tell you as an athlete, I don't often like doing things that I don't think I'm going to be good at because I want to excel and I want to be good. And there's a like a bravery and kind of a like a dismissive nature of kids of being like, no, I'm going to try it out. Like who cares? I just want to have fun. You know, it's not a matter of like being the best. It's like, you got to start somewhere. And I think we lose that as we get older. Right. Giz? she still has that. She wants to do everything. She's like, that's right. That's what it sounded like. She said, yeah, <laughs> I can translate kids really well. I'm, I'm... <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, each of them, if I'm looking at all of the cards, all four of them, with the exception of Pentacles, which has um, a yellowish background, all of them have like this blue, clear blue sky. Even Pentacles, even though it's yellow, there's no clouds in it. And it doesn't feel um, like that there's any negative association with trying something different or trying something new. Yeah, and I also love how there's mountains in the backgrounds of almost all of them except for the page of cups but then you have the waves in the background Mm -hmm. so it's the similar thing a mountain it's kind of like just like a wave it just represents the ups and downs the ebbs and flows of life the different uh what's the word that they're using in the beginning um rhythm that's it the different rhythm of life you know you're gonna and that's great because it's in their future they don't really see it yet they're not paying attention to it but Whoever drew this knew from experience that that's what they're going to have to go through to um, if they want to wield their symbol in their suit. Mm-hmm. If they want and, to master it. And I love what you said because it also is like, again, it's like you know well, these 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 people, these figures are understand that it's not going to just always be an uphill battle and it's not always going to be a downhill battle. It's just part of trying something out and getting better at it and learning and growing. And I think it'll be really interesting as we move through all four of them to are all four of the court cards to see if there is a, a progression there in terms of how they all deal with this. If there's like such similarities, um, because I often didn't see that in the number cards. 
Yeah, for sure. I think, and I think when you're starting something out, a new venture, there are a lot of similarities, even though it might be different areas of your life, like a new relationship, a new job, whatever it is, a new hobby, a new skill you want to do. Starting out is similar. It feels similar in a lot of respects to, you know, all the different ways because you have a lot of the same feelings. You have a lot of the same feelings of, you know, you're kind of like worried, you know, is this going to work out? And then you also are like, I got a lot of hard work to do. There's just all these thoughts, but they're similar. So I think that's why they were, that's another way they maybe represent them all as the same, like one central figure standing right in the middle, kind of all like amazed yet kind of proud with their little symbol. Mm -hmm. And I love that all of them only have them holding one of the particular object. Um, We'll see in the other court cards that that's not necessarily always the case. They're not going to be holding it um, or it won't be representation uh, represented like just as them. um, There being a physical object there might be a little bit more like ingrained into something. But I love that they're each holding one um, in and in both hands. Yeah, it's it really show it goes to show that they're fully aware and they know the task that they're about to undertake, but they're just still trying to get to get familiar with it. But they know they're centrally focused on that thing, like on the pentacle, on the sword, whatever it is. And so we'll get through, um, obviously, eventually all of these cards as we're moving through all the different suits. So you can get a little bit better of an idea of what these physical traits are that each of the suits represents. Um, but I think it's really important and fun to kind of look at the court cards, give them just kind of like a deeper dive, because often in the the number cards I find in the in the minors or in the suits, it's not necessarily reflective of a person, but these are definitely for me always reflective of a person in that person who's reading I'm doing's life, um, as opposed to just like an idea or a situation. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you need to anything else you want to say about these cards? No, think? I feel really good, honestly. And I yeah. like look at them and I'm like, I feel like mm, I had definitely had a good choice, I think, for my card of 2020. But I'm like, oh, the pages are so cute. They're like so innocent. Maybe I couldn't be a page right now because I'm so jaded. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You got it. Like I said, you got to get back to that childlike wonder, the way of looking at it. You got to use your imagination. But uh, I think you could figure it out. I think I think you'll be just fine, Ashley. Well, everybody, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to this episode, Ashley, before we end it? Nope. Giz said exactly what I wanted to say. Awesome. Well, thank you, Giz. We always appreciate your input, like always, every week here at the Terrible Podcast, just like we appreciate everybody who listens. And if you want to support us, you can do that by going to ComedyLOL.com. Click on the support page link tab thing. You can give us money through PayPal. You can also go to Patreon and you can support us every month if you'd like to. That's at Patreon.com forward slash ComedyLOL or just go. It's on the ComedyLOL website. That'd be great, too. And until next week, everybody, stay stay terrible. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Comedy LOL Podcast Network.